Hello, everyone. Hello, creepers out there. Uh, this is your favorite show. I'm going to assume it's your favorite. If it's not, pretend it is. History Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend. With me, as always, is a couple of real creeps. And I mean, <laughs> ah, the stories I could tell. Uh, Carter Johnson and Chris Chavez. That's me. That's me. Boom, boom, bow, you gave him. Bow, you bow, gave bow, him. Boom. You gave us like the wrestling intro. Pew, pew, pew. I like that. I like that. <laughs> What's and going now, on? Man? Coming to the ring. Jaws. See how how good is your impression of that guy? You know, like let's get ready to rumble. I can't draw it out like he can't. Like he you know, used to be able to. But you know that guy literally get when he would do that. He would literally get like five thousand just for saying that. That's awesome. It's a. It's, yes. it's actually the brothers. They they formed a company, the Buffer Brothers. Yep. Because the other guy That's does true. the uh, the UFC announce ring announcing, really? And it's it's oh, yeah. probably more than I five grand. Now. Oh yeah, and he said he they, he even does it. He he says something else instead of let's get ready to rumble. It's like, it's like it's time. And that's like, like those were always own. the best. Remember the guy from Celebrity Deathmatch that'd be like, let's get him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's his name. He's a real. <laughs> he's a legit <laughs> rep. He was a legit uh, boxing rep. What was his that name? That guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Well, let's get it on. You were let's saying. Get it on. So you were saying before we started recording, Carter, that uh, you have a special gift yourself, that, that you're able to do a voice yourself? Uh, it's it's always kind of a work in progress. You know, you, <laughs> you workshop it with like your like your Schwarzenegger impression. You know, you're always you're always workshopping that, you know, get to the chopper. I was just about to say, nah, what, what is the nah. line that everyone says? It's either get to the chopper or it's not a tuma. Or get down, get down. Oh, that one too. I, yeah. I always, I was always a fan of uh, get your ass to Mars. I always liked, <laughs> I always liked, come with me if you want to live. I, you know what, I like that one, but I, I liked how Nick Stahl twisted it in Terminator Three, where he was like, "You want to live? Come on!" <laughs> you gotta flip that stuff around. Throw it around. Yeah, yeah. So it's your famous, your famous. Uh, what's the one that that people I, stop at I the can party? Do a I can do a fairly decent Brian Johnson uh, from ACDC. I workshop it with uh, uh, with my wife's input, which is usually shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> stop talking that way. You're annoying. That's um, awesome. But it's it's not bad. You know, it's not bad. Um, here we go. Ooh. Hello, Dr. Ted. How you doing? We got some grit. We got some back in black for you. You ready? That's not bad. Dude, yeah, I gotta not, admit. not bad at all, for real. I feel like I feel like your throat's destroyed now, but that's pretty well, it's great. Like, it's like Ozzy. You don't have to really say anything. You know, it's the tone of voice. Sharon! Yeah. It's not really what you say. <laughs> Sharon, where are yeah. the garbage bags, Sharon? A bunch of I'm beeps in there. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Johnny, what's your voice? It sounds like do you this. have any it's pretty good? Is there any that you can do at all? Like, can you do Kermit or is there? Have you ever tried it? I, I mean, knowing you, dude, you have to have tried like millions that's of voices I, when you're a kid. That's exactly why I brought this up because I figured out of all of us, Johnny would have like some cool, you know, like a good Ed Sullivan or something like that, or a good Johnny Carson. <laughs> you, know? you know, all those characters that that I would I like to do on other shows. Yeah. Most of them started out as really terrible impressions of other things. <laughs> <laughs> who was the so, uh, who was the 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 uh, old pro- prospector? 
Well, the old prospector, he talks like this, and he loves him some gold. That literally started out as a terrible Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> this was... <laughs> I used to go, Rudy and Theo and Fat Albert. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you, like, shaking a bowl of Jello at me. Yeah, I always like, talk about Jello. <laughs> Yeah. When I go along road, uh, road trips yeah. with my buddies, I would talk like that, and I would do Jello commercials in that voice. Got to get the pudding with the pudding pops. But it was so like this. Got the pudding with the pudding pops. And and this is well before this is well before we found out all that stuff about him. Oh, the way. I was going to say, as yeah. far as Bill Cosby goes, no, uh, you the got to get the, the roofie in the pudding. <laughs> See. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Come on. The proof is in the pudding. Ooh. Like legit. Uh, so is there anyone you can do now? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really tried. I usually just try to make up new characters. I like to be original. Nice. You blaze yeah. the trail. You're like, people are going to be emulating me in the future. Impressions well, if of I ever, me. If I ever want to get like voice acting work, I got to make my own characters here. That's true. That is true, too. Yeah, I, I've always, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to do that stuff. So I remember being, I think, I don't know if I, did I talk to you guys about this before? Or no, maybe it was the other guys I talked to. Uh, I remember being a kid and seeing some sort of like, maybe it was like a 2020 spot or something. Like, like a, I don't know. I remember just seeing this news thing and it talked about how, what was his name? Mel Blanc? Mel Blanc? Yeah. Uh, he did all the yeah. Looney he was all the Looney Tunes, yeah. and I, and then they showed him in the in the booth, the sound booth, doing them one after another. And I just remember being a kid, and just like being completely floored that all of these different characters came from the same person and the same mouth. Like, how did he do that, right? Yeah. And so I used to. I, I remember being a kid and just studying, studying different voices. Whenever something really caught my ear, I would study how the voice was delivered. Like, was there a rasp in it? Was it a higher tone? Was there upwards or downwards inflections? Like, where do you put stresses on specific parts of uh, of sentences? Uh, and so yeah, I always tried to do voices. I, I there's a few voices I do, and then um, other things too. Like I remember me and my wife were on a cross country road trip and part of the time, uh, just to keep us entertained, she would just throw out different things and I would try to do the voice for it. Uh, but yeah, I do a bunch. Uh, most recently, one of my favorite ones to do is Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. That's right. Morty. We're going to, we're going to take this show and go wherever we fucking want to go with it. Morty. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'll drop you off. I'm going to drop you. Rick. I'm going to drop you off on the... Well, uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Uh, shut the hell up, Morty. And that, <laughs> that was one of the things I realized with that. Like, you can you can roughen your voice up and try to do it, but it, it's the specific way in which, like, some of his words run fast and some of them he draws out. And a lot of times when he's saying Morty's name, it sounds like there's disgust in his voice. He's always like, of course, Morty. You know what I mean? Like, you freaking yeah. idiot. So, uh, like, yeah, dude, it's my favorite one. I did it at the con when we were at the con uh, a few weeks back, and I was just yelling at Anthony as Rick Sanchez, and literally everyone down our aisle, their heads all snapped over like, what the hell? Where'd that come from? <laughs> so I knew it was pretty decent. I've only go. ever seen three episodes of Rick and Morty. Oh, my so. God. Shut the hell up. Get off the microphone and go watch my show now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, stay tuned for my show on Adult Swim, where it's just the old prospector trying to sell you Jello. <laughs> I always wanted to be able to do Rolf from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, you know, oh yeah. He would always yeah. come up with like the best insults, like, Rolf will beat you with his shoe. 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So there you go. There's a that's a little tidbit for our 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 history creepers. You didn't even have to pay for Patreon for that. You got a little bit of behind the scenes on what it's like to be one of us. Yes. One <laughs> of us. One of us. <laughs> Sorry, somebody had to do it. Of us one. Of us one. So uh, this episode is going to be a little different. They're expecting the roundtable, but what we did this week, uh, well, what we did this month for roundtable was I opened it up to all the Patreon, uh, patrons, Patreons, patrons, um, to basically they got a chance to say what they would want to hear in the roundtable. Um, and then I got to thinking, if we if we did that and then we put it up for the vote, the people, I mean, they're obviously just going to vote for their own, right? So to make it a little bit more fair, uh, we only got three submissions. I was surprised uh, everybody didn't get in on it. I thought maybe they'd want to hear what they wanted to hear. But hey, some people are busy. They don't. They don't. Have, they ain't got time for that. Um, they ain't got time for this. But I tell you what, uh, there are three that are here. We're gonna. I'm gonna number them one through three. And at the end of the show, uh, Johnny or Carter is gonna just throw a number out, and that's the one it's gonna be. So that will be 72. next week. <laughs> That'll be next there you week. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I want topic seventy-two. 69. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but before we do that, we figured we'd get into some current creeps, maybe some creep updates. And then I found this article online that I wanted to talk to the guys about. So, well, we already I, agreed before this was a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think between the three of us, we probably have like 150 tabs on our phones open with articles we want to bring up on the show at one point. Oh, Correct. Yeah. I know I do. All righty. Cool. Cool. Let's do this. So uh, who wants to go with their first current creep? Carter, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, let me bring this up on my phone because I I, uh, didn't tell you guys what it was that I would. Well, I sort of said when we were discussing things uh, over Facebook Messenger. There you go, Mark Zuckerberg, some free advertising. (laughs) Um, You remember when, wait, real quick. Do you remember when Facebook was just about us connecting with people? Yes. And and then the pop-up ads started happening. And then, <laughs> and then the the repeat stories, like stories from ten years ago, are still coming around like they're new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that they've gotten so much bad press now that they have to have commercials for Facebook. <laughs> I've I seen them the, constantly. I love the stuff. Remember, remember when uh, your your parents would get those faxes in their work fax machines that were like memes, basically just sent through the fax. Do you remember the? Am I alone in this? You might that be. Sounds, okay. I don't know. Memes My mom used facts. to get these, like, they, well, they were, it was like early memes, like before they were called memes. You know, like it was the frog choking the, you know, the goose that's trying to eat him. And it would say, <laughs> oh, yeah, frog. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, they, yeah. used to, they used to fax those things around all the time. And they would toss in, like, urban legends, too, like the one about, uh, uh, you know, poison Halloween candy, or yeah. the one about the uh, the Mickey Mouse stickers that had LSD on them, or uh, we- really weird stuff like that. It always makes me laugh that that stuff is now on Facebook, even though it's like so old and so you know been disproven. Okay, countless I, times. I have now to, it's all on Facebook. I have to say this. Okay, <clears throat> I just typed into Google "urban legends fax machine." The, ar- the article that comes up on Timeline.com is, in the 90s, bizarre rumors and urban legends spread to the masses via fax machines. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Memphis police couldn't figure it out. Frantic callers demanded more information about dangerous gang initiations in the area, specifically one ritual known as Lights Out. You guys know what that is, Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. yeah, they used it in a movie, man. <laughs> if you blink your lights at somebody whose lights are out, they're going to come back and get you. That's right. That's why That's I don't right. do it. <laughs> it was one of the countless schemes circulated primarily via fax machines in the 90s and early 2000s. Now, I don't remember this. I only remember these kinds of things. Ha- I mean, aside from hearing it in stories, I don't remember it as being part of fax machines. So, Carter, dude, that's insane that you had you remember that. That's freaking awesome. I mean, I definitely remember emails would do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It says, in general, pay, uh, paper-based lore increased the spread of rumors, practical jokes, comics, and art. The introduction of the photocopier helped. The term Xerox lore was coined by the English professor Michael J. Preston in 1974 after office workers started manipulating and distributing fake memos or meeting agendas using their company's cutting-edge copy technology. Xerox lore, all one word. And then fax lore is the other one. Nice. I like it. I like it. You know what kind of makes me sad, though? There's one thing that should be a meme now, and it's not, and it's, and it just hurts my soul. There's this monkey, and he's sitting on a branch, and he he scratches his butt, and then he sniffs his butt, and then he falls off the tree from sniffing his finger. (laughs) And how this isn't the most amazing video to everybody just saddens my soul. I still remember the first time I saw it. My friend Chris Corona showed it to me on his home computer, and since then it's been a love affair with that monkey with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest video I've ever seen, and nothing has topped that. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yep. If I could just be like that monkey for just one day and cause so oh. much happiness just from <laughs> scratching my butt and sniffing my finger, then, then I'm doing something right. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> That's my goal. That's my goal in life. All right, All right. Carter, what were you going to yeah, say? Back to, back to right. your story, Carter. So, um, uh, I think it was many episodes ago we talked about Stardust Ranch. Yeah. Yes. And then we did an update on it that it was for sale, and the price of it is somewhere between 4 and $5 million. Right. Just, out, um, just barely out of our price range. But just a smidge. I just... Yeah, just I, you know, by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I just can't part it's out with of my, my Funko rage. Pops, so I'm not going to even try to buy it. Yeah, I got to keep my Funko Pops too. So, yeah, seriously. Um, so I was try- I had heard a rumor that it had sold, and I was trying to find something about it on Google. And in doing so, I found the actual listing for this place on Realtor.com. <laughs> oh and- man. I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and read this. Um, Please do. I will I will leave the address out of it because anybody can pull this up so you guys yeah. your homework out there. Um the estimated value is a bunch of is... listeners going, "Screw you, dude. Tell us the address." <laughs> <laughs> like, "No, just, do your research. Do your research, Morty." You. <laughs> yeah, just type in Stardust. That's what I did. And it just it was the first thing at the top. Jesus, Morty, uh, it's not rocket science. Who's Morty? <laughs> the estimated value is slightly over one point four million. Okay. Right. So I guess I guess he's, you know, uh dropped the price tag on it. It does not say how many bedrooms it has. But it does oh. have two baths. The actual home 
is 3,400 square feet. That's bigger than my house. Uh, it's about the size of my parents' house. Um, the reason it's so expensive here is because it's on a almost a 10-acre lot. Uh, a single-family home built in 1977. According to the Buckeye Public Records, yes, the house is in Buckeye, Arizona. Oh, okay. Well. The property at Redacted has approximately 3,436 square feet with a lot size of 9.67 acres. Nearby schools include Rainbow Valley Elementary School, West Star Elementary School, and West Star. Yep, they sound like production companies for cartoons, don't they? they yes, they do. And Estrella Foothills High School. You are basically paying $411 per square foot. Uh, the last tax assessment valued the property, the home, I'm assuming, uh, at $31,400. You pay about $2,500 in taxes every year. And that's all the information that the official listing has on it. Oh, they left out some major details. <laughs> oh, they really did. Now, it's not. It's there's a Google map on here that will point you to where Stardust Ranch is on this listing, and it looks like surprise, surprise, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> literally nowhere. Uh, but it doesn't have anything on here about the guy's claims, which is interesting because usually they're supposed to you know, include stuff like that. Yeah, that is fascinating. Here's my question. Whoever buys it is just going to, like, open it up to tourists, right? Because it's what you would assume. Dude, I so would. Okay, so Maybe. if that's the case, are we going to go there as as the History Creeps podcast? Oh, and just do an episode from there? Do an episode just... from there, and it'll be available on Patreon only. Just don't <laughs> tell my wife. Don't tell my wife we're going there. Why? Does she want to or she's not going to want you to? She's going to be like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you have a child now. Tell her we'll bring swords. We'll be fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can pick up a samurai sword at a at a comic convention. We'll be yeah. fine. You can pick apparently up that's an alien's one weakness. <laughs> right? That's fascinating, though. Now, aren't now, this is a, this is a, leg a legit question. Aren't you... Uh, I don't like. I think people can ask if a place that they're looking to buy is haunted. Aren't you supposed to say that it is or isn't, or there's claims of it or something like that? Yes, because that can be a reason somebody can back out of a of a sale. I believe. Yes, uh, in our state, it's a law. Yeah, you hear that, Chris? What's your state doing? No, I think it's the same thing. Yeah, I think is oh, it okay. is it only state by state, or is that a, like a national thing? Well, New York State had the Ghostbusters ruling, if I'm not mistaken. That's where true. The, well, luckily, well, they got, luckily, they got out of jail just in time, though. Right. To save us, because there were um, cats and dogs living together. It was mass hysteria. I think it was New York State. It was either New York State or uh, maybe it was Rhode Island, but it's one of the uh, <laughs> northern states up in the New England area. Uh, somebody, somebody sued the realtor, and so they they passed a law. Yeah. Like, oh, was it case. was it because of Amityville? No, it wasn't Amityville. No, I don't know. it was some other house that they determined like was legitimately had weird stuff going on, and these people were like, "Well, we don't want to live here now." I think it was New York State. That's going to be a Google question. See, we have to look it up now. 
Look it up yourself, Morty. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be the new thing. We don't we don't feel like looking it up. Rick's just gonna tell people to look it up. Yeah, we got the microphones. You do the research. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty swizzle uh johnny what was you said you had an update as well we'll have an update we didn't actually bring us up on a show we meant to oh that's um, right that's right i, th- I want to say it was a little maybe less than a month ago uh-huh in montana uh they had caught this creature some hunter or somebody had killed it and people were thinking that this was a werewolf because it looked really strange you can find pictures of it. it had humongous paws uh like a really large head so they were very. It was called. A, they were calling it a werewolf. So there was an update to that story. Uh, let me see when the story came out. Uh, June eighteenth, which was two days ago. The mysterious werewolf-like creature that baffled Montana wildlife officials. That's the other thing. Like nobody knew. Even the officials there didn't know what it was, uh, and captured the curiosity of the country. One of us killed last month has been identified. The beast, which had oversized head, which had an oversized head, huge paws, and oddly shaped ears, was shot dead by a rancher near Denton on May 16th. Animal officials had no idea what the creature was for weeks. But DNA tests revealed Monday that it was a really deformed female gray wolf. Uh, the body was, sh- was shipped to uh, Oregon, where they did all these, uh, you know, all these uh, samples and stuff on the DNA. Uh, scientists found there is no need to fear the full moon. The unusual critter was an 84.5-pound gray wolf from the northern Rocky Mountains. It was about four feet long and between two to three years old. Within species, there can be a variability, said Mary Curtis, who's a, gen- a geneticist uh, with the wildlife services. Experts may have been confused about the animal species because of the angle at which it was photographed which exaggerated the size of some of its features, wildlife officials have said. So that's the thing I was going to I was gonna ask you guys. Don't you think this is uh, the reason a lot of these things get spun out? Even Because, you know, as soon as people saw this, that's a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And if, you, and if you just look at the pictures of it, it does look really strange and weird. Like, the, I mean, the paw is humongous. I mean, there's, the picture of the paw, they have, like, measuring tape next to it, like they're measuring to show you how big it is. So this is a humongous, weird-looking animal. And they just said it was deformed, like some sort of genetic thing. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. So, so I, I'm so anytime anybody sees something like that, you're gonna be like, oh man, that's that's not a that's not a wolf, that's a werewolf. What if it was though? What if it was a werewolf and like that's why it it's it's the the wolf line or blood or whatever it is is the gray wolf. So obviously, it, when it's in that form, it's gonna show to be a gray wolf. That's true, and they didn't give it a basketball to see if it could dunk. No, it. so I mean, I don't believe them. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's or, the first test I would do. Or who who released the information? This was this was uh, local local authorities. Was this the the national like the government? Who who was this? Well, this is on New York Post, but I'm looking because if if this is a if this is U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. Ah, see, that's the U.S. government. You gotta trust no, yeah, right. trust no okay. one. They didn't let it play basketball or anything. I'm with you. I'm calling shenanigans. On you this. and me have way have two way different perceptions of what a werewolf is supposed to be. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Never seen. <laughs> the only werewolf I know is Michael J. Fox and Michael Jackson. Well, first of all, okay, werewolves <laughs> werewolves don't need a full moon to change. Right. That was made up for the movies. Right. 
Second of all, I trust the government to tell me what the unemployment rate is or what interest rates are. But I don't trust him to tell me that something people thought was a werewolf was not a werewolf. Exactly. I want to throw believe, that out there, too. I want to believe, but trust no one. So, and third, oh, just there, because was... they didn't give it a basketball doesn't mean it wasn't a werewolf. It does, though. There's a difference between a werewolf and a wolf man, dude. No, a werewolf Michael plays J. Fox basketball. Is a, Michael J. Fox is a wolf man. Oh. He's a werewolf who plays basketball man. <laughs> it's science. I'm backed up on this. He's got numbers, charts, graphs. Yeah, I got numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like you should see my my room. It's just got like a bunch of pictures with strings tied to it. Say, you're other pictures. You're like yeah, one you of those. Like, uh, you look like Charlie Day, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. One of those yeah, obsessed, obsessed people. That's crazy, though. Um, it's kind of. I got to tell you because when we did discuss that originally, and there was that idea of like, oh my god, what could this be really? Uh, there's always that cool fascination like that. We are at a time, um, where Almost everything is being discovered now. You know what I mean? At least on on Earth. So when we when we come across these things that we've never seen before, there's a bit of an excitement. Even if it wasn't a werewolf or whatever the case, it could be a different species or a different new, you know, some creature we've never seen before that has come out of the caves. You know what I mean? Uh, so when they just tell you, oh yeah, it's just a genetically deformed uh, female gray wolf. Move yeah. along. Nothing to see here. Uh, you know what I mean. Well, we're like, also we're also forgetting the classic '80s movies. You know, explanation. What if it's some kind of genetic experiment gone wrong? Not nah, did they play basketball? <laughs> they did not. They did not. You know what? If they played basketball, it was with somebody's head. <laughs> well, then I'm going to call shenanigans. They weren't real werewolves. <laughs> um. All right. So that's uh, anything else on that story? The Minnesota Timberwolves. You ever heard of those? <laughs> you are not going to let this go. <laughs> no, that was it, Chris. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the update I wanted to bring to the table uh, was actually an update on our Facebook page. If you don't follow the Facebook page, go ahead and check it out, History Creeps uh, on Facebook. But a few episodes follow ago... It, that's right. A, a few episodes ago, uh, we did a story, and we had guests on the show. We had Trevor Franklin, your, your co-host, Johnny, on Retroblist. That's uh, right. And he came on to the show and regaled us with a tale. And it was great, dude. I got to tell you, the way he told us the story, the, the way the beats, I mean, piece after piece as he laid these, you know, just g- geniusly into place. Like by the He's time a he natural got- storyteller, too, so that helps. Oh, yeah, it was oh, great. It was, it was yeah. a delicious tale of deli decadence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very delicious. Uh, and that, that comes up in a little <laughs> bit here, as a matter of fact. Uh, but yeah, dude, he told us a story about when he went to, where is it there, in North Carolina, right? Yes. He went to a place there to eat uh, with his mother-in-law and his wife, and, and they all went out there to eat. And uh, he was just kind of mesmerized by the place. He, was, he found himself... Uh, I guess you could say in some sort of daze or a funk uh, against his right. will, because the next thing he knew, he was chanting and no, uh, <laughs> but he drinking was drinking the water. Yeah, he was drinking the the the, the, the flower, flower water. water. Uh, yeah. But but he took us through this this entire just experience, and we all felt like we were at this restaurant with him, uh, just tasting the food and the and the ambiance. And then he started to lay on us. The information he found out about this place when he decided to uh, research it. And we ended up finding out it was run by a commune of people that some say uh, could be classified as a cult. 
Uh, the 12, a lot of people say. The 12 tribes. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia says uh, 12 tribes. Um, so we posted the episode, and boy, didn't we get a bunch of responses on this one. And I was kind of like, oh, really? Uh, so what I thought I'd do is I was going to read a couple of responses on here. Because one of them is very interesting. Uh, but the first, uh, the first one comes from Timmy Mack and he just, you know, he said such a great episode. He can't even imagine the experience of finding all that out. Uh, and this is what I was going to say. This is uh, refers to the deliciousness of this. Our only, our buddy Trevor Franklin would take us one delicious roast, roast beef sandwich closer to the end. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, so then we get this. Uh, oh, before that, my buddy Jim Clark responded and said that he just listened to the episode and he wanted to say that the town that some of these people went to in Vermont, a town called Island Pond, uh, he's been camping there a few times already and he's been around that town. So I'm going to have to talk to him and see about maybe getting him on the show to get some of his experience at some point. But there we go. We had a response from uh, one of our patrons, um, a faithful follower, Andrew Cohen. And this one was interesting to me. So I was going to read this one, and I'm going to try to do it in my best Andrew Cohen voice. And I'm just (laughs) how I imagine him to sound. I know I've I've heard him before, but I can't bring it off the top of my head. So here we go. I finally listened to this episode, Morty. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, He says, uh, I finally listened to this episode today. I work in Broomfield, Colorado, which is very near Boulder, Colorado. There is a yellow deli in Boulder. I have never been and knew nothing of the backstory. I asked my coworkers if anyone had been, and a friend I work with says he hasn't been to it, but he ordered delivery from there. The food took over three hours to arrive. <laughs> so before I move on, you guys are ordering. You're at work, right? You're in the office. You're working. You're hungry. You're looking at the clock. You're like, it's 1130. Oh, just wait till noon, man. I'm not ready to get lunch yet. Noon comes around, you're just famished, but you ordered. You ordered your food at 11.15 because technically, give them 15, 20 minutes. You're, by the time you're getting out there to pick up the food, it's good, right? They're going to right out the front door. Right. How long do you wait before you start calling them back to say what's up? Do you wait a half hour, an hour? I, I might give them a half hour, but after that. I might that, give them a half hour, yeah. But after that, I'm giving them a really bad Yelp review. <laughs> Well, there's, there's nothing here that says whether or not he called back. But he says uh, the food took over three hours to arrive and the order was wrong. So now when the guy gets there, it's been three hours. Do you even pay him? No. <laughs> Do you take the food or you just tell him to leave? You don't want it. Forgiveness was... is divine, but never pay full price for laid pizza. <laughs> That's very true. That's words the words of wisdom of Michael himself. Yes, sir. That's right. Um, so, a little and, too rough. So what happens when the order is wrong? Yeah, the um, order's wrong. I'm definitely not paying. Oh, I'm, I'm not so not take paying. I'm, yeah. And, yeah, I'm not going to take possession of the sandwich. You know how mad you would be if they, you had to wait that long for food in the first place? And then when you get it, it's not even right. So this is what he yeah. says. He says he tried to send them away, no longer wanting the food. The delivery guy entered his home and challenged the homeowner, a small man in his 60s, uh, challenged him. Uh, they kicked the delivery guy out and he returned later with his boss who also challenged the homeowner to a fight stating that they had to eat the food because it was made for them. He had no idea of the cult behind the restaurant, but thinks the experience makes more sense now that I told him about it. He's, uh, he's starting to, he started Googling and immediately recognized the name 12 tribes that they go by, but didn't know they were tied to the yellow deli. So 
Now, I've heard about, I had heard a story one time where somebody went and got something from a restaurant and it wasn't that great, right? So they left a Yelp review saying, you know, hey, it wasn't the best. Wasn't a bad review, not a bad, even if it was a decent score. But they said that, it, you know, it wasn't the best. And apparently the owner like showed up at the, the guy's house, challenged the guy, threatened him to that he he needed to change the review uh, to, to so it wouldn't say like this isn't the first time I've heard of something like this happening but it's weird that it happened with the yellow deli and that yeah. like not only did he this happen they kicked the delivery guy out but then the guy comes back with his manager yeah that's Thoughts. that's yeah that's really weird I mean it's business 101 says that if you take it long for the food and get it wrong then that's kind of on you yeah crazy so that very, was very very crazy that was an update on uh on this whole thing which was amazing and then there was a little bit a little bit more to that just so you know if you live in boulder colorado and you're looking to go there to have that sweet sweet pound cake that sweet cult pound cake potato uh, cake i heard it was called they don't serve that in the colorado uh one because we have a, another listener christine turner uh, McAllister turner said that her uh it, her her mother lives in Denver, uh, and and at the Yellow Deli in Boulder, they looked up the menu online, and there was no pound cake there. I wonder if like each one has their own different little desserts and stuff, since it's they have to make it themselves. Their own little hook to try to sink you yeah. in. Yeah, pretty interesting though. Huh? I, I'm wondering if there's anybody else out there who's been to a Yellow Deli or is near a Yellow Deli. Let us know your experience because now I'm obsessed. I feel like the Yellow Deli is a big deal for us. And the second I get a chance to, dude, I'm going to the one here in New York. <laughs> I really experience. am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, Seriously. I'm gonna go on a road trip, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna make Anthony go with me. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make go. him drink the water. I'll make him like <laughs> ask them questions about like their chants, and I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna be like, like how's the water taste and he's gonna be like the grand master unicorn fairy sends his greetings from afar exactly. you're gonna be like what it, give me that water i gotta what's in this water exactly <laughs> it's Dude, a little too rough a little right too rough. i know like no so those are our updates um now we're gonna move on so what i wanted to do was i found a list online um because we like our lists, our creepy lists. And the reason this one stuck out to me, because it literally has the word creepiest in the title. Uh, so you could actually put this as as a, um, what is it, our creepy country also. But this is just our, uh, whatever, our list episode. The 14 absolute creepiest places to visit in the United States. Now, there's a few of these places that we've talked about on the show before, so we're not going to really get into them. Um, and a lot of these isn't really to get too in-depth on the history of or much behind it. I just wanted to kind of go through these, see what you guys thought about some of these places and whether or not these are places you'd be interested in checking out yourselves. So, first one on the list. Let's do it. First one on the list is a place called the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's spelled Mutter, M-U-T-T-E-R, but the U has those two dots on top, like Motley Crue. So that's pronounced ooh, oh, yeah. right? Like Mutter. Or Thor's hammer. That too. Oh, meow meow. Meow meow. Meow meow. Meow meow. So the Mutter Museum of the College of Physicians of Philadelphia is home to two floors full of preserved human specimens on racks, in glass cabinets, in jars, uh, you name it. They're there. 
A number of medical tools that look more like torture devices, including among the museum's vast array of fascinating, disturbing, and sometimes scary items, are a nine-foot human colon and a corpse called Soap Lady. This is all that they've t- they tell us. But some of these pictures look creepy. If you check it out online, check out the M- M- Mutter Museum, M-U-T-T-E-R Museum. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just saw pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is not a place for me. You guys can have fun there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm down. Uh, so, Johnny, this is definitely you, you see this and you're like, nope, I'm out. No, I was out when I heard nine foot human colon to start with, but pictures. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down for this. You there's, guys have fun. Uh, report back to me. Let me know. How there's it was. literally shelves and shelves and shelves of all different human skulls, all different kinds. This yeah, is just, Johnny's. This is Johnny's Harrison Ford and Blade Runner moment. You know, yes. it's like I was. I was quit when I come in here. I'm twice as quit now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I heard uh, nine foot colon. I'm done. So there, there's number one. Number two, we've talked about this on the show before, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Oh, uh, yes, yes. For listeners yes, that don't know, yes. the Winchester, uh, Winchester Mystery House began as a project for the grieving widow, Sarah Winchester, who tragically lost her infant daughter to Marasmus and then her husband to tuberculosis 15 years later. After their deaths, Sarah visited a medium who told her that her family had been cursed by the roving spirits of people who had been killed by Winchester rifles designed by her late husband. Uh, it's said that Sarah was instructed to move west and build a great house to keep the spirits, and that her own life would be safe so long as she never stopped building. So Sarah purchased the then-unfinished farm uh, in 1884 and got to work. By the turn of the century, the house was seven stories high and featured a number of odd features. Extremely long hallways, staircases leading into solid ceilings, and doors that open right into walls. There's also doors that just open into nothing. You could just fall out a couple of stories. Uh, I think they're closed off now. Strange sights and sounds were reported in the house during Sarah's lifetime and have only continued since her death in 1922. So again, we've we've talked about that on the show, but uh, this definitely is a place I want to check out when I go out west. Same. I did. This is one I would go to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Stephen King wrote a book or wrote a movie about that. Uh, Rose Red, right? I think it's Rose Red. Oh, Rose Red, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to feel like I was part of knowing that. <laughs> You'd like that one, Johnny. It's not gory or anything. I can't read. It's a movie. <laughs> oh, that, you, don't, you don't have to read it. <laughs> well, that's even better. Um, have we ever talked about the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West and West Virginia? I don't think so. This then, no, I don't think so. This then will have to be one that we talk about. But this is another one I would like to go to. We talked about uh, ghost hunting on a couple of episodes and uh, visiting those kinds of places. And I, I know this place. I think I believe they they run ghost tours and stuff overnight. Like they'll let you stay overnight and all this stuff. And and oh wow, really? Yes, this is where one where I want to go. So the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, later called Weston State Hospital, is an inactive hospital and sanctuary for the mentally ill that was in operation between 1864 and 1994. The hospital soon suffered from overcrowding and poor sanitation. Patients that could not be controlled were often locked in cages. Due to the real-life suffering experienced by the people who lived there and were treated at the facility, and due to reports of strange sights, voices, and events, many believe the building to be haunted. 
Oh, here you go. Yeah, the facility now hosts overnight ghost tours, which run for a hundred dollars. So that sounds like something we could do. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you like this. How far are you guys we, from West and West Virginia? Not that far. It's Johnny's a, a little closer. Yeah, it's less than a day for sure. I say we do it. Okay. Well, we go to like a plantation or the cecil hotel yeah we're just dealing with ghosts you guys want to go to a lunatic asylum with crazy ghosts yes <laughs> yes i mean this is like some house on haunted hill stuff right here we're all a little mad down here <laughs> i would do this dude I would, i'm definitely i, I want to look into it because uh, i think it'd be awesome you know what else I they do ask there? dan Aykroyd if he has a working proton pack you know what else they do there June 30th, they're having a medieval reenactment. They're also going to have a mud bog and later a drag show. So it looks like they use the the place for ever, all kinds of stuff. But we're doing the, we're we're definitely going to do history creeps, uh, explorers, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. <laughs> you guys don't watch found footage movies, do you? Come on! <laughs> I think we found Carter's Kryptonite. That sounds like that. There's literally creepy. two movies about this called Grave Encounters. <laughs> All right, let's see the next one. Number four, Bachelors Grove Cemetery in the Chicago suburbs of Illinois. Uh, the abandoned, fairly small Bachelor Gro- Bachelors Grove Cemetery contains just 82 plots, many of which are unoccupied. The cemetery's first official burials began in 1840. Over 100 years later, in the 1950s to the 1970s, reports of hauntings in the cemetery reached an all-time high. Witnesses have reported seeing a phantom farmhouse, a ghost-headed, a two-headed ghost, figures dressed in monk robes, a black dog, and a woman in white. Uh, the latter of which is actually the subject of a famous uh, woman in white ghost photograph taken by Judy Huff Fells in 1991. Um, and I've seen this one. I've before. seen that picture. If you look it up, yeah, it's it's a it's a black and white photo, uh, and it shows just it looks like a obviously it's a woman sitting on the bench uh, back there, but she claims that there was no such woman sitting there at the time. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So, uh, I know. think this is the one that I always talk about that Unsolved Mysteries did. I think this is it. Was it? I believe so. Jude, Judy Huff Fells. Look it up, people. Look it up, Morty. Uh, number five. We talked about this very early. This is an early, early history creeps. The Velisca Axe uh, Ax Murder House. Remember that oh, one, Johnny? Yeah. The Axe Murders? Yeah. Uh, on the morning of June 10th, 1912, the Moore family. Two parents and their four children, as well as two house guests, were found bludgeoned to death, presumably the night before. Investigators determined that the murders had taken place between 12 and 5 a.m., with all the victims but one asleep at the time. Lena Stillinger, one of the guests and friend to the Moore children, was found lying crosswise on the bed and had defensive wounds on her arms. Though several suspects were named and tried for crimes, the case is considered unsolved. Today, the house offers ghost tours as well as overnight stays. Is this somewhere you guys would stay? I don't know. Because that's, that's got real history behind it that I'm very aware of. Yeah. And it's tragic, tragic, tragic stuff. I, I don't know if I could do it. I know. Because if you're staying in there, you're obviously staying in one of the bedrooms, right? Like that's the that's yeah. the scene of the bludgeoning death of one of these family members. Right. Creepy. This one um, I found, the next one, number six, I found. 
I have never heard of this. I want to know if you guys have heard of this. Have you guys heard of the lead? It's called the Legend of the Female Stranger, uh, in huh. Alexandria, Virginia. No, never heard of it. It does not sound familiar. The le- no. Okay, so the Legend of the Female Stranger of one of, is one of Alexandria's, if not the nation's, most creepy, as well as one of the least understood. In 1816, a 23-year-old woman died and was buried by her husband under total anonymity. The young couple had only landed in Alexandria a few months earlier, coming ashore from the Four Sons, which diverted to let them off the ship because the young wife was very ill. From the moment they stepped foot on land, the young woman wore a thick veil. The couple rushed to the town's largest tavern. A physician was called, but was made to swear that he would never reveal the woman's identity. Two women, who were also house guests at the hotel, who acted as the lady's nurses, made the same promise. Each kept their oath, and when the lady died, her husband buried her himself so that nobody might see her face. To this day, no one is sure who she was, though many have said they've seen her wandering the area. Now, I looked this up on, on uh, obviously, where you go for all the, the best information on Wikipedia. Uh, and it says that the grave, of, and, and the grave of the female stranger is a famous historical oddity as well as a local landmark and visitor's attraction at St. Paul's Cemetery in St. Paul's es- uh, Episcopal Church, Alexandria, Virginia. The grave itself is the resting place of an unnamed individual who died in 1816 and was elevated to national intrigue by the mysterious headstone and romanticized tale so the headstone uh, bears this poem i'm going to read it real quick to the memory of a female stranger whose mortal sufferings terminated on the 14th day of october 1816 age 23 and eight months this stone is placed here by her disconsolate husband in whose arms she sighed out her latest her latest breath and who under god did his utmost even to soothe the cold dead ear of death how how loved, how valued once avails thee not, to whom related or by whom begot. A heap of dust alone remains of thee, tis all thou art and all the proud shall be. To him gave all the prophets witness that, through his name whosoever believeth in, him shall receive remissions of sins. So there's also like a Bible verse in there. But it's because of this poem and the story that came out of it that all of a sudden this legend grew. But the the the... Fact remains, no one knows who that is, and when the person was buried at the time, it was kept in secret. Um, the thing I see here it says it also says it's been pondered in recent years whether or not the remains, if any exist, should be exhumed and tested. The grave is well maintained for visitors, and while there was a dip when the casket was eroded, there has never been any solid evidence of anyone tampering with the remains. The only changes to the grave has been the removal of the iron fence and the surrounding trees. Um, so that's a pretty that that's just one of these kind of strange, creepy, weird. Yeah, things. that's that's more fascinating to me than anything. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to check that out if I'm ever in the area. So that's Alexandria, Virginia. Um, uh, and if you guys like we said before on the last episode where we talked about that weird, you know, those weird, creepy places around the country. If any of you guys live near these places, go take your play, uh, pictures of the places or selfies and send them to us on our uh, on our history creeps page, and we'll enter you into a uh, a drawing for a prize. Yeah, there and we I'm, go. Number seven, the Museum of Death in Los Angeles, oh, I know, California. I know this one. Yes. It was founded in 1995, and it is not for the faint of heart. According to its website, the museum features the world's largest co- collection of serial murder murderer artwork, photos of the Charles Manson crime scenes, 
the guillotined severed head of the blue uh, blue beard of Paris, uh, original crime scene and morgue photos from the grisly Black Dahlia murder, a body bag and coffin collection, replicas of full-size execution devices, mortician and aut- autopsy instruments, pet death taxidermy, and so much more. This is literally how it's 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 uh, promoted. Um, when I said that Im- immediately, you're like, "Oh yeah, why why was that? What have you heard about it?" Uh, just everything you just said. It's it's not a place I would want to go to. Like it does <laughs> not, not appeal to me at the, in the very least. I know that you you have a uh, huge fascination with the ba- Black Dahlia murders. It wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't intrigue you to actually see the original crime scene and morgue photos, like the original photos themselves, not reproductions or just on the internet. No, not really. Uh, it's just because I know what, how horrible it was. Ugh. Like it was a terrible, terrible thing. Like she, I mean, she wasn't just, you know, it'd be bad enough she was just stabbed, but she was like, you know, ripped apart almost. Yeah, and I, nothing I want to see. Uh, and and honestly, this is just my opinion, and I don't care if anybody else thinks differently. That's fine. That's why this world's awesome. Uh, but I could not, in any way, put money towards something that's like promoting. Uh, people who murdered uh, tons of people's artwork. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> you feel like this is in some small subliminal way of just promoting like future monsters to, you know, do that because they want their work featured in these museums and things more like, it's just like saying it's almost trying to give like previous monsters. Cause it wasn't Gacy a big one who would paint all the time. He paint clowns. I think was, it? Um, I know I he, so. he dressed as one. Uh, he was a children's uh, party clown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did paintings too. I could be wrong on that, but uh, I just couldn't, just couldn't do it. Just, just, you know, just not for me. What about you, Carter? I could probably do it. Yeah, <laughs> it would. <laughs> it fa- it fascinates me. I would to me. I would be like, I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm not looking at it in terms of like, oh, look at how amazing it is, or it's so great that they found a place to exhibit this. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I would care much in terms of what their artwork was. But maybe, I don't know, you know, as an artist, I would kind of want to see what does that mind put out? What does it look like? You know what I mean? What's going on uh, in that work? And you know, what, do you, do you know what I mean? I don't know. There's something fascinating to me about that stuff. I agree. Um, let's see. Number eight. We talk- but I understand what Johnny's saying, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next, number eight, we talked about, I believe we talked about this on the show, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah, we've yes. mentioned it a yeah. few times. Made famous yeah, by That's Stephen, The Shining, right? Yeah, Stephen yep. King's The Shining was built in 1909. It has 140 rooms. Many believe it to be haunted. Uh, when the crew of ghost hunters investigated the hotel, they were able to explain many of the weird incidents, but found strange experiences in the ballroom to be unexplainable. Um, and then it says, bolstering the hotel's haunting cred was a 2013 decision to dig up a pet cemetery next door. That's weird. So there was a pet Jesus, cemetery. There's two Stephen King books right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just insane. Right? I uh, now I wouldn't mind. I would like to. Would you stay the night here, Carter? At the Stanley? Yeah, yeah I probably yeah. would. Though, would you stay on the same floor where the uh, the two little twin girls, the ghost girls, are supposed to be? Well, yeah, because all you got to do when you see him is just be like, "Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance." <laughs> 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 Oh, Lord. All right, let's see. Number nine, the St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans, Louisiana. 
that's somewhere I would like to visit. I lo- I'm a weirdo. In the, in so there's, that. So there's like, a cemetery in Louisiana named St. Louis. St. Louis Cemetery, yeah. Or St. Louis. Maybe it's St. Louis, right? Because it's, it's Louisiana. Uh, Could be. Oh, but, this is the okay. I've seen. I'm looking at. I'm looking at pictures of it. Yeah, there. It's all above ground, yeah. dude. It's it's the name given yeah. to the group of three Roman Catholic cemeteries in New Orleans. The cemeteries are unique for their above ground vaults, most of which are constructed and laid there in the 18th and 19th century. Many notable people are buried there, but none inspire more spooky stories than Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans. It's said that if yep. you knock three times upon the tomb. Mark the tomb with XXX and chalk or brick and knock three times again. She'll grant your wish if you leave her an offering. Um, yeah, I'm fast. I like I there's I'm a like I'm a weirdo in that. I like cemeteries. I find them very like calming and relaxing. Like I like to walk through cemeteries and look at the different stone structures, the different graves, uh, headstones and yep. stuff. Um, so definitely the above ground uh you know cemeteries in new orleans i've always heard about um especially this one with the voodoo queen i've always wanted to go check out uh what about you johnny is this something that you'd be is you're 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 all right with this one yeah this is way more history for me than anything else so uh and i've definitely have seen pictures of this it's a very famous cemetery and i would just and i would love to actually check this one out if i ever go to it's near new orleans right yeah yeah it's in, yeah, if I ever went down there, it'd be one of the places I'd have to check out for sure. Yeah, it's literally yeah. it's in the city itself. So uh, okay, yeah. it looks like we're gonna have to have a history creeps on location there as well. History creeps <laughs> explores Saint <laughs> Louis Cemetery. Uh, next, this was a fascinating one to me. Everyone has these stretches of roads, right, that are haunted or or dangerous or whatever. Yeah. Clinton Road in West Milford, oh! New Jersey. Uh, you know this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Ooh, what do you know about this one? Um, apparently, there's specific times of night where you're supposed to drive down the road. Um, and there's one bridge on there where if you – some a kid died there or something like that, and if you throw a quarter over the bridge, you'll get it back. Yeah. So like he'll throw it back. It's and I saw a YouTube video where somebody did it and the quarter came back. I mean, it's YouTube. It could be fake, yeah. but still. Okay, so it Cl- pretty convincing. Yeah, Clinton Road has been said to be the most haunted road in America. Uh, drivers along the ten-mile stretch have reported everything from the strangely dressed wanderers to ghosts to evidence of satanic ritual to phantom trucks that chase them to its end. The strip of road also features a naturally, uh, naturally a dead man's curve, uh, and take extra caution at the Ghost Boy Bridge. It is said that what that the spirit of a little boy who lives underneath it will do its best to draw you into the water, and never let you out again. One of the things I, oh. I saw looking into this um, was uh, let's see here, uh, three major spots along Clinton Road. There's the 19th century iron smelter said to double as a druid temple. Uh, like you said, the Ghost Boy Bridge is there. As you leave, do sp- various spooky things with coins that you leave for him, and then the ruins of the Cross Castle, built in 1905, which burnt to the ground and much later maybe used for gatherings of witches and devil worshippers. Obviously, um, and then no, yeah, that is, again, this is repeated on other sites. Is that there? You'll see phantom trucks. Phantom trucks will chase you down. So, uh, haunted road. Yes or no for you guys? Yes. Yeah. Now, would you? But not by myself. With with <laughs> one with one 
Well, yeah, obviously. Well, I'm here's not the going by here's myself. the stipulation. You guys are coming with me, and we're driving Ecto one. I was gonna say here's okay, the stipulation: yeah. we all drive it together. We see if we if in the same we're in the same car. If there's any phantom trucks that chase us, if we see any devil worshiping, if if we survive Dead Man's Curve. However, when we get to Ghost Boy Bridge, we each have to go out to the thing by ourselves and play the coin game. Are you gonna do it? I'd have to if y'all do it. I mean, that's kind of the peer pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> so who goes first? Do we have to Rochambeau for it? I'll go first because it's always the last person who goes out there who gets who gets to. Attack. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> or it's the first person because the last people are the the main story people in the story, and they have to. Oh, that's true. They watch I am the, the co- friend I am die. the comedic relief, so I would die first. <laughs> no, the comedic relief doesn't die first. Yeah, he's got to last. That. He's got to last for a while. He lasts. He 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 brings you through a lot of the traumatic events, and then at the very end, he dies to give that like that heartfelt thing. So, uh, so or it could be cabin in the woods, you know, where everybody dies. Exactly. There you go. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, uh, you're not gonna watch Cabin in the Woods. You don't know me. I might watch the trailer one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You will watch that trailer, and you will be nowhere near what that movie is actually about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll surprise you. <laughs> All right, so the next one, I don't, I don't think we talked about this place. We've mentioned it on the show, and I've definitely said this is a place I'm going to go check out at some point. Uh, and I know for sure, Carter, you're not about it. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, been, this is the one I've been to. You've been to it, Johnny. Opened in 1910. Yes. It was intended to house 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. But a tuberculo- tuberculosis outbreak in Jefferson County soon afterward uh, spurned the construction of an expanded hotel, one that could hold over 400 patients. Once the an- yeah. once the antibiotic used to prevent, uh, what did I say? Expanded patients. Whatever. You said you said hotel, but oh. it's okay. We could call it a hotel. Hotel for the dead. Uh, once the antibiotic used to prevent tuberculosis was invented, there was little need for the hospital, and it closed in 1962. Um, this is one of the most famous. Uh, sanatoriums in the country said to be haunted it, it yes. also holds uh you know ghost ghost hunting things overnight um this one i remember seeing on on the ghost hunters show and it was very for me it stuck to me because of the amount of stuff they claim to have dealt with in terms of like shat like literal shadow people this is one where they say if you want to see shadow people or if you want some sort of proof that there's something else uh this is the place to go to because almost every single person that goes here has an experience. So, Johnny, what happened to you? Uh, this was about, I want to say, seven or eight years ago when I went. Uh, the back, back then, it might be different now. I don't know how it looks now. But uh, even the road up to it uh, is kind of creepy. It's not even in the city of Louisville. It's like kind of off from it a little bit. And uh, the road up to it seems almost overgrown. They've, I bet they've cleaned it up by now, but this is back then. And... Uh, and we didn't even know we were in the right spot until we came up to the fence because it's gated at one point. And we're in this whole line of cars and we're like, okay, we, this must be the right place. Yeah. So when you finally drive up to the to the building, the pictures you've seen uh, do it no justice to how humongous this building is. It is gigantic. And then they took us into like one part of the – there's like a side building. And that's where they kind of get everybody together and they talk about the building. It's you know It's an old building, so they want you to be safe. Why are you out there and all that stuff? And so we took, obviously we took the ghost tour. And the reason that I enjoyed it was they also threw in the history to the place. Cause I like both. I yeah, wanted both when I was same. there. And, um, I tell you what, the creepiest is definitely the body shoot. Uh, it's just so eerie, Yeah. but the whole, the whole building 
is so large, and when it's dark, it's large and dark and a little too quiet, if that makes any sense. A little too rough. It's a little too rough, if that makes any sense. And it's beyond the most creepiest place I've ever been, honestly. I don't, I didn't necessarily experience anything, but I was definitely creeped out the whole time, and I would 100% go back. Okay, so that's another one where... Oh, that one might have to be a That's Odd Explorers, because, Carter, you said you're just not about these sanatoriums, huh? Well, I mean... Well, this one's different, Carter. This was this was not for uh, yeah. people's sanity or anything like that. This was this was a, tuber- a tuberculosis thing. So this was a hospital before. See that, I, and I and I have watched all the ghost hunters where they go there too. Didn't they do a live one yeah. from there one Halloween? Yeah, yeah. a few of the different yeah. uh, paranormal shows have visited this. But I did, didn't they have where uh, some of the people did start going mad or something, so they were kept on the fourth floor. I don't remember uh, that might. I mean, it's a gigantic building, so yeah. maybe they did have a floor for that. But <laughs> uh, it's there's all kinds of stories that happen in this too. Like uh, one of them was, I don't know how true these are. This is just stories they told us on the tour. Like one of them was one of the nurses there. Yeah, uh, I think she hung herself or something like that. Yeah, she was pregnant or something, so she yeah, hung herself. Uh, so there's all kinds of tragic tales that went on there, and yeah. uh, it's just. I had heard last that they were really trying to fix it up because they were getting way more people coming out there to visit it. So I don't know what it looks like now. Huh. We'll have to look into that. That might be one. How close is that to you guys? Uh, that how long? I want to say it's like six or seven hours from me, Ooh. something like that. So that's a day's drive. That's an overnight, obviously. Oh yeah, an overnight sure. in the sanatorium. Um, number twelve on this list is the Lemp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. You guys ever hear of this place? No. No, I don't think so. The Lemp Mansion was home to the Lemp family, whose William J. Lemp Brewing Company beer grew to dominate the St. Louis beer market and earned the family a substantial fortune. Tragedy struck the family when William's favorite son, Frederick... Wait, okay. <laughs> How does that go? You know, unless the, unless you're going to tell me that his other son was, was like the black sheep of the family, isn't that usually wrong to claim one of your kids is your favorite? yeah <laughs> for them to reference that this is the favorite son like it's it, it must mean that at some point william himself declared this or it was known uh all right so tragedy or he was gro- maybe he was grooming the kid to take over the oh could be the business you know favored son like you're uh, you're my you're my favorite one to take over the company when i'm gone We'll see. Tragedy struck the family when william's favorite son frederick died mysteriously in 1901 William shot himself three years later. His son, William Jr., took over, but the brewery business began to falter, and the arrival of the Prohibition era ultimately forced the plant to close. William Jr.'s sister, Elsa, committed suicide in 1920. Two years later, the brewery was sold at auction, and William Jr. shot himself, too. Many years later, William Jr. and Elsa's brother, Charles, would also commit suicide by gunshot. The immense amount of tragedy that took place in the mansion has contributed to its haunted reputation, and the house now operates as a hotel, restaurant, and event venue. Um, I think I'd go to this one, because we don't know where all of these things took place, so it's not like going to the Velisca house, uh, Axe House, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we covered this on an early episode, too. Did we? I thought we did. I couldn't remember. It sounds so familiar, right? No, 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 no. I saw it somewhere. I'm getting my stuff confused. I saw it on an episode of something. What was it? 
Maybe it was BuzzFeed Unsolved or something, something like that. I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. This is, it's a, it was recent, though. It's a very tragic. That's a sad story when you hear all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I'd stay stay here. I don't think this would bother me at all. No. I don't think so. I mean, it's sad and tragic, but. Yeah. All right. Number 13. We definitely talked about this on the same Axe episode. The Lizzie Borden House in Fall ah. River, Massachusetts. 1892, Lizzie Borden's father and stepmother were murdered with an axe. Though the case remains technically unsolved, Lizzie is widely considered to be the responsible for the murders. She was said to have behaved erratically during questioning, offering contradictory versions of events and remaining curiously poised and calm. It's also said that she burned a dress in her oven a few days after the murders, though she claimed it was only because she had gotten paint on it. Lizzie was tried and acquitted, and nobody was ever charged for the murders. Lizzie moved to another house after the trial, remaining in the town for the rest of her life despite being ostracized by the community. And now the house operates as a bed and breakfast. So again, this one is so is much well known. You know what I mean? Like we literally oh, yeah. have seen the pictures of her dad splayed across the couch and her mom, you know, like slumped over uh, in the one bedroom. So are you going to stay in this bed and breakfast? Are you going to wake up early in the morning and while you're waiting for your, you know, your breakfast to be filled or, or made for you, you're kind of lounging on the chair where her dad met his fate? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am, because I'm just going to pray that Lizzie Borden actually looks like Christina Ricci and I'm going to go with it. Oh, God. I don't think it's going to be great because she's going to stab you. <laughs> Yeah, with an axe. Christina, Christina Ricci can stab me anytime she wants to. Right, well, oh, we're putting it out there. Putting it out there. <laughs> At her. I don't see how that's enjoyable, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Johnny, you stay in there. I would, I would go see it just for the historical parts, but I don't think I would want to stay there overnight. I know it feels, it would feel so weird. Like even yeah. you said, it's a bed and breakfast now, right? Yeah. How do you yes. fall asleep at night? You're laying in that bed, and it's, you're it's, cool, man. You're there with other people. Like it's not like you're at Waverly Hills spending the night there by yourself or something. But what if you're the only ones there plus the people that are running it, right? And it's like it's nighttime, it's dark. You're laying in that bed, and you all you're hearing is like the creaking of the wood here and there, like. And then just knowing that in the room you're at, uh, to the right of you, on the floor, was where her mother was axed to death. Listen, as long as the people checking me in aren't like, doom awaits you in this room, <laughs> like you see in the beginning of every slasher movie, I think we're good. I think we're good. Good evening. Welcome. <laughs> Rise from your graves. All right, number 14, last one on this list of creepiest places to visit in the United States. I think we did talk about this when we touched on it, was the St. Augustine Lighthouse in St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah, uh, yes. There's a lot of a lot lighthouses. Of lot, a lot of lighthouses are... And this is the same kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, this is the same kind of a thing where a lot of it had to do with, uh, during the building of the lighthouse, there were workers that died and there was tragedy tied to it. Built in 1874, the St. Augustine Light is the name of the active lighthouse at the north end of Anastasia Island in St. Augustine, Florida. The original building, established in 1824, was the first lighthouse built in Florida. Um, that building crashed into the sea in the 1880s due to coastline erosion. Uh, the collapse had been anticipated, though, and construction of the new building began in 1870. Many visitors to the lighthouse have reported witnessing paranormal activity, including shadows and voices. People have also reported seeing two young girls standing on the lighthouse catwalk. 
The girls are said to be the daughters of the man who was superintendent of the lighthouse construction during the 1870s. Both drowned in an accident that took place during the building of the second lighthouse. I think it had something to do with um, there's like a they had those um, rail carts that would bring um, rocks and, and, and all kinds of things down to the, the, the uh, where construction was happening. And these two girls were playing in one of the empty ones and it, it, it dislarged and went rolling right down and into the water and they ended up drowning. Um, well, that's sad. Yeah, it is very sad. I've actually been to this. I've been to the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Aaron and I went out to it. Um, I believe it was like one of our first getaways when we first started dating. We went out there. Uh, and checked out the St. Augustine Lighthouse. It is, it's it's impressive. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to lighthouses just to check them out, but it's an yes. impressive structure. Um, and the Cape Hatteras is crazy awesome. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Now, I've never, I didn't experience anything weird. I didn't see anything or hear anything, but that didn't mean I wasn't hoping. Dude, I was looking, because I knew about that story with the the catwalks. I remember seeing the Ghost Hunters episode where they had an infrared camera uh, pointing directly up the center of it. And you could see oh, like, that something peeked over. Yeah, like you can see yes. this head just yes. peek over and then pull back real quick, and then it happens again, and then it pulls back. Yes. But there was no one up there. They literally grabbed the camera and go running up, and no one was there. So it was that. That's the kind of stuff that really made me feel like, oh, I want to check it out. And I remember um, I'd always wanted to go to St. Augustine. It's got a lot of history in our country. Being, oh yeah, you know the and one of the first settlements. Too. Yeah, um, and there's all kinds of like haunted lore in that that city as well because i mean it's it was like i said it's one of the first settlements in the country so uh when we decided the we were bar gonna... i drank at was haunted there you go there. <laughs> there you go yeah when aaron and i decided we were going to do our first kind of getaway as a couple that's where we went the haunted lighthouse of saint Augustine. Nice. so uh there you go creepers check them out 14 different uh, creepiest places to visit in the united states um if you've been there before let us know if you've got pictures. If you got something, share with us, man. Like I said, I want we're gonna start putting you guys into drawings when you guys interact with us, and we're gonna start doing maybe monthly drawings for some giveaways for some fun, creepy things. Maybe get you the original photos from the Black Dahlia concert. Isn't that a band, Black Dahlia Murders? It's like I a, think so. It's like a screamo band. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put yeah. you in a drawing for pictures from that concert. Uh, <laughs> all right, we've got some cleanup to do here at the end of the show. As always. We do appreciate our patrons for supporting us. Um, and one of the things that we do is we do a roundtable. This month, I opened it up to all the patrons. I said, hey, go to Patreon and just tell us what you'd like to hear added to the roundtable. And then we're going to give it a vote. And then I thought, wait, uh, if you do that, you're just going to vote for the one that you wanted. So instead, uh, I took all the ones that were given to us which were only three because uh i don't know it was also that not that much time for people to really catch up on the episodes and and hear that they'll be listening to this going oh jesus i lost my chance uh but no go next time uh, we'll do this again because i think it's kind of fun to give them a say on what they want to hear but what i did for this one is i just numbered the three we had numbers one two and three and then uh, i'm gonna let carter and johnny uh thumb wrestle over who's gonna choose the number carter you can choose it <laughs> weak weak thumbs, huh? Weak thumbs. Johnny's like, I forfeit. Yeah. What do you got? One, two, or three, Carter? Which one do you want to hear? And I uh, and here's the thing, Carter and Johnny. I'm gonna go with door number two. Do, ooh, door number two. Andrew Coed's Barney and Betty Hill abduction. Oh, I wanted to yes. talk about this anyway. All right, sweet. So there we go. Finally. Next, next week we are doing Barney and Betty Hill abduction. 
uh, make sure that you check it out. And if you are not a Patreon member, head over to Patreon, uh, look up History Creeps, and you will be shouted out at the end of the show like some of these fine people, including Anthony Mullen, Sean Fritz, Samantha Cunningham, Michael Thompson, Daniel Chavez, Olivia Washington, Timothy McGowan, Andrew Coed, and Carrie Mapes. Uh, yeah, we shout you out. We also get free content, and I think I'm going to start opening up the uh, roundtable to their suggestions, and then we'll pick uh, how that goes. Or um, we we give uh, an extra vote to you know the people who are the the highest, the executive members, um, because originally the, the idea was that they voted on it. So we're st- we still got to give them a little bit of a perk with that. So, but anyway, so next week we're doing Barney and Betty Hill. Is that their yeah, names? That's right. Wait, Barney Hill? That's his name? Yeah. yeah. Barney Hill. Why does that sound familiar? Was that a TV probably, show? Yeah, you're thinking you're thinking of Benny Hill, I bet. Ah, Benny Hill. That was the yeah. show. <laughs> like Barney Hill sounds familiar too, man. Yeah. Barney <laughs> something or other. Uh so yeah. Anyway, there's your show, guys. Done. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> uh, you guys have anything else you want to say before we head out? No, I'm good. All right. I'm good, too. We are closing up the clubhouse. Thanks for joining us, Creepers, as always. For Johnny Townsend, for Carter Johnson, this is Chris Chavez. We appreciate all the support. Uh, We will see you next week. And don't forget, stay creepy.